So how can I help you? What would you like to work on together? Yeah, I think um, I, before having my daughter last year, uh, my father and I were estranged. We weren't in touch for a few years. And now that she's in the world um, and he wants to have a relationship with her, it's this ongoing struggle I have with, do I allow someone to be in my life and my daughter's life that I see and have seen over the past few years as a toxic presence in my life? Is it worth having that person in your life, that family member, just so your daughter has knows who they are and has that connection and mm-hmm. feels like that family structure is there? Or at what point do I continue cutting that person out of my yeah. life? This is Motherhood Sessions. I'm Dr. Alexandra Sachs. Today, I'm talking to a woman we're calling Brittany. Last year, she gave birth to a baby girl. And since then, her father has been putting pressure on her to let him spend time with his grandchild. Now she's on the fence about what to do. On the one hand, she feels guilty about preventing her daughter from having a relationship with him. On the other hand, she's afraid that he will fail her little girl in the same way that he failed her. I think on paper, we probably had a very normal family, Um, you know, like suburban upbringing, um, two parents, you know, I have all sisters. Um, But it was, I would say it was always tense with my parents. They Um, were married? Yeah, they've they've been married. And they actually, I think the point we fell out of contact was when they got divorced, which was very much a long time coming. Um, I think... I, I came to know later on that my mom had multiple times, like, filed for divorce, but then, like, changed her mind or, like, she almost filed. And I think uh, throughout the course of that, he, like, very openly was cheating on her throughout my childhood, and I was very aware of that. But I think we presented as very much sort of, like, the happy family, and he very much always liked that image. Yeah. Um, what was your early – what were some of your earliest memories, like, when, when your dad lived at home? If you were to meet him, he presents as very charismatic and very outgoing, and he's always kind of like the life of the party. And people generally, if they're like my friends when I was younger, were always like, oh, your dad's so fun. He was sort of like the daredevil, cool dad that would like let you do other things. You know what I mean? Like, what did he let you do? He would be like, do you want to sit on my lap and drive the car when you're a really little kid and you feel like you're getting to do cool things? Or like, there was one time where like you had to be 14 or something to like drive a boat in this place, and he like lied about my age, and I was like, 11 or something to be like yeah she's of age she can drive it and it's sort of this like reckless like he likes motorcycles like he's the I'm the cool guy he always sort of painted my mom as like the (laughs) this is really terrible but he her nickname for her was the cloud like she's a black cloud like he always made her painted her as like she's this dark presence when actually she was the one really holding everything together yeah part of my I guess resentment towards him comes from that like treating my mom that way yeah there were things that I thought were normal growing up that actually now that I look back on, I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. And like what? Like, he has a t- tendency to drunk drive all the time and thinks it's fine. And you're like, actually, like, no, I'm not getting in a car with you. And that's things where, like, when I think about my daughter, he's like, oh, you know, now that he's been in touch with, that my daughter's alive, it's like, oh, I can babysit. And in my head, I'm like, I wouldn't let you watch my dog, <laughs> much less my child. Yeah. What was? Do you remember um, a time where you knew he was drinking and you were in his in the car with him? Like, did you think about getting out? Or as, I got, as I got older, yeah, I put my foot down. Um, and he, he's just—I mean—he's very much a bully about it. Um, what would he say? 
no, I'm fine. Just get in the car. Or like there would be times we would be like left standing in a parking lot and he would drive away and be like, fine then. And I think he would like then like circle around and come back later and be like, ha ha, isn't it funny? And then you'd have no choice but to get in the car with him. I think now that I'm like an adult and I look back at that, I'm like, that's so messed up. But he would insist on driving. (laughs) At what age do you remember him moving out? He didn't formally move out. He just had apartments in other places. Like, he still would occasionally come home on weekends or, like, be there for activities. But actually, I think he really loved this dual lifestyle where he got to live in another city and have an apartment and effectively be a bachelor. And we were more sort of a bragging point and very superficial family to him than we were actually having meaningful time together. Was it sort of like, I'm almost picturing it as you describe it, like he brought you on stage when he wanted a family. Yeah. And then you were kind of serving a role for him rather than him coming into your life and being like, who are you? Right. How can I be involved in what you're experiencing? And I know he also, like, one weird thing that just came to mind, too, that I always thought was like, (laughs) it was sort of like a joke, but then actually you're like, well, that's weird. Like, he would rank us. He would say, like, you're my number one. And he would rank us according to, like, if you did something well, you were his number one for the time being. Which you're like, why would you give your kid? Yeah. I don't, but, like, on some level it's a joke. But on some level he genuinely meant it. And it would be very much this, like, ranking order of, like, if you did something that made him happy or if you... Which is just sort of, to me, like, a messed up way now that I have a child. I think, like, I would never... I can't picture myself being like, here's where you fall in line in terms of the pecking order of who's making me happy or pleases me the most right now. It's very much set a tone of this like competition and pitting people against each other and conflict. And it's not a dynamic I want in my family. But I think part of the tricky thing is, is does is she going to get older? And if she, she does meet him and has this relationship with him, see him in that way that I did of like, he's cool, he's fun and like him, but then do I open her up to the possibility of being hurt in the same ways that I was hurt? Um, so what would be problematic about telling your daughter just that? We don't we don't have much of a re- relationship. Right. I don't have much of a relationship with my father. That's why your grandfather isn't around more. Um, I think I could navigate having that conversation with her and sort of explaining some of the reasons. Um, I, I, I think it's pressure like, um, I'm trying to think of how I want to say it, but I don't want to be painted as the, the black cloud, <laughs> sort of. Um, yeah. Like, I don't want her to see him and him be fun. And then it'd be like, well, why did you never let me see him? <laughs> But in a brief fleeting exchange, it can be that way. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, there's something connected between when we talk about your mom and when we, when we talk about your worries about being viewed like your mom. That makes you very sad. Um, not my worries about being viewed like her. I think it's more of fulfilling that role in the dynamic where I would be the one 
preventing her, or like feeling like I'm some way preventing her from having a relationship with someone that isn't her family. Do you think your mom didn't stand up for herself enough? Or how do you make sense of that looking back? I think she definitely could have more. Um, I think she tried to. But it's hard. Um, Every time you've mentioned your mom, you looked away from me. And I couldn't tell if you were about to cry. She's wonderful. <laughs> she also doesn't know I'm doing this, and I hope she doesn't listen to it. Because um, I think she would feel quite guilty. She guilty was, about what? A lot of things. I think mostly for staying in it for so long. Um, um, I think she would definitely say she could have stood up for herself more. And I think she does now. Um... But I also think it's interesting because she has all daughters and now I have a daughter and it's this like um, sort of the example you want to set for your daughters, um, which I'm very attuned to now and sort of who do I want her to look look up to as a male figure in her life and he's not that person. So you were not, you hadn't been talking to your dad for how long leading up to your pregnancy? It had been a few years, and then I actually let him know a couple months before I had my daughter. I think I had just started my third trimester. I texted him and said, let him know that I was pregnant, um, because I thought that was something, regardless of how, you know, the state of our relationship, I thought I, I owed him the respect of letting him know that he was going to be a grandfather. Um he was pretty persistent. So the first weekend we were home, I let him come visit because I just didn't, I didn't know how to deal with it. And it felt like getting it over with, it, this sounds terrible, but I felt like getting it over with was easier than like keep it, keep pushing him off. Um, so he came to see her. It was weird. What <laughs> um, was it like? It was weirdly like a combination between having a very close member of your family visit and also a stranger visit at the same time. It felt like he was sort of an intruder on a very personal time in our lives. He, I think he genuinely was excited to see her. Um, But I think in his mind, it was like, everything's fine. Um, That this is like a clean slate, happy family moving forward. And in my mind, there was just still so much that was like hasn't been dealt with or that I maybe don't want to deal with. Um, he talked a lot about himself, his new job, his new house, all of these things. He got, you know, a new motorcycle. I've got this, I've got that, and sort of bragging. And I'm sitting there with a baby that's like a week old. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't care. <laughs> sort of like, great for you. But he didn't ask, like, how long are you going to be off work? Or, you know, it's, and it's very much like he would like, grab her from the first time we met her grab her from me and be like take a picture of me with her and in my head I'm like I know he's just gonna like show this to people as like I have a beautiful granddaughter and not I have such a great relationship with my daughter and granddaughter um it's again feels like she's a little bit of a showpiece or even like again this manipulation and pitting us against each other 
the last time he saw her, he insisted on me taking a picture with her, and then later that night texted it to one of my sisters with no explanation. And my sister then texted me, like, did you see Dad? I was like, well, yeah, but, like, I didn't want to make a big thing about it to my sisters. And I think he's using it as a... I don't... It feels like my baby's being used almost as a... sort of a bargaining chip, as a as a vehicle for him to try and manipulate my other sisters into contacting him or talking yeah. to him. And that, yeah. to me, feels weird, and I don't like it. Absolutely. I understand your dilemma from your perspective. The downsides of enabling him to see her are, right. yeah. as my as I understand it, that he could be inappropriate and you'd worry about what he would say <laughs> and be a bad influence, be unsafe, and you wouldn't yeah. let him be alone with her, as you're sort of saying, but, yeah. but even just having to deal with that as a hypothetical and the feeling of him swooping in and out and the inconsistency and worrying how that would make her feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that summarizes it nicely. Yeah. So, so, so that's the question you came in with. How will it, how would it positively and negatively impact her? Yeah. If I um, prevented her from having a relationship with her grandpa, yeah. I actually don't think answering that question is very helpful for you. And I think we need to reframe the question in terms of you. You've had some way of pretending like you can cut yourself out of the conversation. Like, oh, if we just figure out what's best for my daughter, that'll be the right answer. But I guess I don't. When he contacts me, I don't think about it as him wanting to see me. I think about it as him wanting to see her. Um, And I don't know. I think what's, when I think about it, like if she hadn't come into the picture, I don't think he would be texting me to get in touch. Yeah. So it doesn't, in a way, I am sort of cut out of it because it's, I think about if I hadn't had the baby, things would be exactly the way they were. But you remain the human conduit between your father and your daughter, and you're a person with feelings. And as you've acknowledged, children are aware of their parents' feelings. You you very much were aware of your mother's feelings. So there is no way in reality to cut you out of the process. And I think that's ultimately the fork in the road here in terms of what you need to decide as the next step. It's more complicated than do I want my dad in my life or not. It's that he he already has created enough difficulty for me. I don't want to waste time talking about him. And just allow him to pop in twice a year where essentially you, you don't take an active role. And I think the alternative is you taking an active role because if you're going to handle this with anything from the range of I don't want him to see my daughter at all or, you know, he's starting to come over once a month and I don't want that or he actually invited my daughter to sleep over and I don't want that. If you're going to take any sort of an active role, you're going to have to start talking about this. I guess I, I think I'm not very happy with the way I've been dealing with it. Um, what are you not happy with? That I've been making it about her and I haven't addressed my own problems with him. Um, and it, I, I think it feels like more than can be contained in like a text message. It, it feels like there's never been a, a, a venue for that or the time or place. And I think the, the couple of times that we have seen him with her, it's 
a restaurant or so you know it's not somewhere like you're like I don't want to get into this here or this is not the right place to do this but I actually I actually do think it can be in a text and in a quick um moment because it's just how you're feeling in a given moment when your father enters your life asks for something or demands something how are you going to respond It, it could be as simple as not today, Dad. That's not going to work for us. I've been that short, but he's he's been quite persistent. Um, so if I say like, oh, you know, in in January, for example, he was like, oh, we didn't, you know, we weren't around for the holidays. We were with my husband's family. Um, so in January, he was like, oh, can we do like a belated Christmas thing? And I haven't seen him for Christmas in years. And it's like, well, <laughs> we don't really do Christmas anymore. So it's weird now that you want to do Christmas so, together. So that's what you were thinking. Um, what did you say? So I said, because uh, I went back to work in January full time. So I said, you know, I, I'm just going back to work. I don't, I don't know what my schedule is going to be like. Like, it's not gonna, not a good time. And then he came back again, like a month later, and was like, well, you know, how about now? And what did you say then? And then I just went with it because I couldn't think of. It felt like to keep making excuses would also make him angry. And I don't want to deal with him being angry. Um, Right. So you, that's where you gave over control to him because the work of having to articulate what you were feeling and maybe even feel what you were feeling felt too burdensome for you. And I get it. You're like a working mom with with an infant back to work. I don't know if you're pumping or what, but like you have enough in your mind. Okay, I, I'm trying to make things easier on myself by not pissing off my dad. I'll just let him see her. Yeah. But I don't know if it's as simple as by just letting him see her, you relieve yourself of emotional work <laughs> because then you're anxious leading up to the meeting and feeling low after the meeting. Yeah. So you don't really save yourself that emotional work. No, I guess not. <laughs> so let's. Let's try it out in February when he circles back and says, how about now? If you hadn't just said, okay, when you didn't want to see him, what might you have said if you could try again? I mean, I would probably overthink it to death, but (laughs) I would, I, I guess I could have in some way explained that there's still a lot that I think we need to work through or talk through um, before I'm comfortable seeing him regularly. And what do you think would have been a possible reply on his part at that point? Like, um, What's your worst case scenario? I think he would in some way feign willingness to do that, but I think there would always be a very dismissive, like, okay, sure, whatever. And also it's sort of a getting it over with. Okay, but what if he says, fine, I'll call you, and he calls you, and you have this opportunity to talk. And he feigns interest and then says, okay, now can we um, see each other for dinner this weekend? And let's say you don't feel ready because you feel like he just, you just had a phone call with him, doesn't yeah. feel doesn't feel safe, doesn't feel right for you emotionally. I mean, I would hope that I would say that I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, when you feel very emotional about these things, it's harder to do that, I guess. And it's one of those also, like, where oftentimes 
after the fact. It's like, I should have said this or I should have done this, you know, sort of like replaying those conversations in your head. But you're um, really you're really scared of just saying exactly what's at the tip of your tongue. And I'm not there yet. It yeah. just came out really casually, really spontaneously. And, and I think it's very scary for you. So it gets locked in there. And that starts the overthinking. But I don't think it's hard for you to know exactly how you feel and name it. Um, and I think how you feel is totally reasonable. I'm not there yet means I don't know. Means, Dad, I don't want to cut you out of my daughter's life. But I also don't really know how to make sense of our relationship and that we never spent Christmas together, so why now? And I'm just not there yet with a comfort level to plan a dinner for this weekend. Yeah. Um, it seems, yeah, it seems reasonable when I think about it now. I think it's it's the doing it in practice that gets harder, but. You're really scared. I feel like it's kind of been one of the longest problems in my life, so I feel like there's so much baggage there that it's probably a harder one to sort of deal with yeah yeah it, it's this weird balance of handling that situation both as the parent and handling that situation as the child um absolutely I think that's so beautifully put and like you said with this situation you have a lot of baggage and history and so it's hard to f find the words I think for you and figure out how you feel and say it because all the yous are in there rattling around trying to figure it out. It's the you who remembers your mom glossing it over. It's the you who, as a little girl, had to kind of swallow how you felt because there was no other way to get home. You had yeah. to get in the car. Yeah. You, you had no control over your life. It's the you who remembers the time you talked to your dad and it was really hurtful and exhausting and it's the you who feels today like you said, I'm not ready yet. It's this moment where you're in the here and now, where you're the person who would be making decisions about your child's feeding or sleeping or whatever. Yeah. And you have that clarity that's like when you catch up to the present. But you have to go through a lot of versions of you to get there. Yeah. So it sounds like what you need to keep articulating if this is how you continue to feel is, Dad... I'm not ready to make a plan. And why? Uh, it's how I feel today. I'm sorting through a lot of stuff. And that's why it doesn't matter how he responds. Yeah. Because it's how you feel. And that's, that's your plan. Yeah. I've never, I've actually never done any sort of um, therapy before anything. So this is like a whole... Whole world of firsts yeah. today. What does it feel like? Um, good. I think before it was very easy for me to sort of bury a lot of things. Um, and I think having a baby has sort of forced me to address things about myself um, and my family and sort of all those dynamics that I maybe didn't really have to deal with for a while. Um, in a way, makes me wish I had dealt with it before for having a baby. <laughs> um, but you don't have to deal with those things beforehand, so I didn't have to, and now that I do, it's actually, I mean, I think it's a good thing having to deal with it. 
Motherhood Sessions is a production of Gimlet Media. It's produced by Peter Bresnan and Lauren Silverman. Our editors are Devin Taylor and Nazanin Rafsanjani. Music and mixing by Emma Munger. We're off next week, but we'll be back on Thursday, June 13th. Thanks for listening.